Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled Justified, Justification Applied, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on May 19th, 2019. Discover the riches of God's Word on a weekly basis, the privilege that, that we get here in America. That, that we are allowed to without any kind of fear or repercussion. Yet, people might pick on us. They might tease us. But really, we, we have this freedom to open up God's Word. We can go to a coffee shop. We can go out at a park. We can go pretty much anywhere, and we can proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And we don't have to be afraid. We, we have those freedoms. And so, so I hope that this morning you're reminded of the freedom that we have in Christ. We're going to continue in our series in Galatians. If you would turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Uh, we're going to look at this passage, a few of the verses, read some of it. Um, and then next week, Jason is going to kind of cap it off for us in Galatians chapter 6 as we end this series together. And we're just going to open up God's Word this morning. Well, last week as we looked at uh, chapters 3 and 4, we learned that, that you and I, as, as believers, we're not bound by the law. And it's simply just because of who Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ did for you and I something so amazing, something so freeing on the cross that we live today with a hope and a trust that we have eternal life. See, Jesus conquered sin. He conquered death. But we also have to understand, even though we are justified through Christ, give us freedoms to turn back to the things that we used to lean on or go to. See, we should never go back to the old way of living. We should stay faithful to the things that God has called us to, the way he shaped us and created us. See, Paul uses this wonderful example of Abraham in this book as he writes to the church. And he does this to help us to understand that, that Abraham was justified. He was made righteous because of his faith, not just because of his obedience. See, yes, Abraham was obedient to God, but that's not what saved him. That's not what made him righteous in the sight of God. See, his righteousness came through his faith and his trust in God. See, when Abraham did what he did, when he took Isaac out and was about to, to lay him before God and, and sacrifice him, that was an act of obedience, but he did it because of his faith in God, because he trusted God. And so Paul draws us this picture of what it means to be counted to God as righteous. And it's because our faith, it's by our faith that we are justified. Well, the question we might have at this point is, well, what does this mean for you and I? What does it mean for us in today's time? Well, I believe that Paul is telling us that we, can continue, that we should not continue in our sin, that we should turn away from it and believe that Jesus died for our sins, that Jesus made us right before God. See, and we are not free to do whatever we want to do just because Jesus died for those sins. That we still have to move towards this righteousness. We have to move towards an understanding that out of faith, we begin to trust and believe in what God teaches us and what he shows us. 
See in Galatians 5 chapter uh, verse 1, Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, Paul just lays this whole theme of this book out for us in, in one sentence here. He says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. I read a story this last week of, of this woman that was sitting in her kitchen and she was going through some struggles in her life. Her marriage was bad. Her job was bad. Life was bad. Circumstances were bad. And, and as she was sitting in her kitchen just kind of wondering, what do I do next? Where should I go from here? What should I do to change my life? Uh, she noticed there was this bird that flew into her kitchen and just kept hitting her, the window. And as she kind of sat there watching the bird, she decided to open up the door with the, with the hopes that this bird would see and realize that the door was open and it would just fly out and, and be free. But to her amazement, this bird just kept hitting the window, just bouncing back into the window, just on and on, over and over and again. And yet the door was open right next to this bird and the bird didn't realize that that door was there for it. And as this lady watched this bird, she saw how it began, you know, hitting at the top of the window. As it more and more as it struggled, it just kind of got weaker and weaker and it started to fall. And after a little while, it just hit the ground with no more strength, no more energy. Couldn't do anything else to get outside of that kitchen. And in that moment, that bird realized that there was an open door and just began to walk through that door and ended up leaving, regained his strength and flew away. And as this lady kind of looked at that bird and, and realized what happened, she, she sensed that that was God telling her that, that that bird was her. See, she had been trying to live by her own strength. She had been trying to, to fix her marriage by her own strength. She had been trying to fix her life by her own strength. She had been trying to fix her job and her career by her own strength. See, when all along God had opened up a door for her and God was just telling her, trust in my strength, trust in what I can do. See, she finally realized that all she had to do was do like the sparrow did and just walk through that door and trust in God's strength. See, it's by the power of God's grace that you and I can walk through that door. This door that's open to you and I has come through the person Jesus Christ. And there's nothing we can do, there is nothing we can say to make our lives better. But in the moments that we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, our lives will become better. And I want to caution you to say that, that that doesn't mean that everything will be fixed and everything will be perfect in our life. We will fall and we will stumble. We will still make mistakes. We will say silly things and do silly things. But because of Jesus Christ, we are made righteous. I want to ask you this morning, is this how you live your life? Are you trying to do it all on your own? Are you trying to get through that window? over and over and over and just wondering why wondering why you just can't get through I don't know if you guys have seen I don't even know the commercial but it's actually kind of a funny commercial this lady's all dressed up and she's walking into a business meeting and she hits the glass you know slams right into it and she falls back she's got a pretty yellow suit that's all I remember you know about the commercial and then she sees the people on the other side of the glass and she's pretty embarrassed by what just happened in her life 
And she turns and goes this way and she runs into the bush. <laughs> Can you relate to that commercial when it comes to your spiritual walk? I know I can. See, because there's times when I run into that glass and, and I know that people are watching and, and people see me as I run into that glass. And so what I do is I try and fix it really quick and I just run into the bush. <laughs> See, God wants us to depend on him. God wants us to not only put our faith in him, but he wants us to trust him. And I think this is why Paul uses this example of Abraham because not only did Abraham put his faith in him, but he trusted God. Well, I want us to pray, and then we're going to read Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 15 together. Father God, we thank you this morning that we have you, Father. We thank you that you love us so much that you would draw us into this deep love relationship that you created for us before we were ever born, before you even created the heavens and the earth. Father, you had us in mind. Father, I pray that this morning that you would speak to us. Father, I know that, that as we come this morning, as we gather together as your children, as the church, as, as people that are just seeking after, Father, as we gather together because we have hurts or brokenness, because we have uh, sickness in our life, we have struggles, our, our marriages, our children, wh whatever the case, whatever the reason we are here today for, Father, we ask that you would speak to us. We ask that you would help us, Father, that you would show us the things that you have for us. Lord, you are a good, good Father, and we trust and we believe in you. And today we, we seek after your word. We seek to discover what it means to be justified, what it means to not only walk in faith, but to also put our trust in you to do the things that you've asked us to do. And when you open that door for us, Father, that we would just trust that we can walk through that door. Father, we thank you for these moments and we pray your blessing upon them. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Well, in Galatians uh, chapter five, starting in verse one, Paul says, look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit by faith we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty whoever, who, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettled you would emasculate themselves, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Well, I want to offer us a a couple of ways that, that we can apply God's righteousness to our lives. And I think the first thing that we see here as Paul starts this passage is that that we shouldn't try to earn our salvation. Verses 2 through 4, he says, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ. You who, who would be justified by the law, you have fallen Away from grace. See, there are three strong points that I think Paul is making here as he stresses this. And we can change that word, uh, thinking about the picture of circumcision and the law, we can change it to legalism. Because I think that's what we do in, in today's time. We legalize everything and we create all these rules and regulations and we live by them and we expect everybody to live by them. And then we end up just falling short of them because we can't live by them all. And I think what Paul is really stressing to us is one, is if salvation has to be earned, then there is no need for a savior. See, salvation by works tells us that there isn't anything wrong. It says we don't need to be saved from our sin. See, when we we create all these rules and regulations, we say, hey, this is the way to heaven. If you just do what is right, then you will make it to heaven. And I think we need to be very cautious when someone tells us, if you just do this, then you will be saved. Because the Bible is very clear. The Bible is very clear. There is only one way to be saved. And that's by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Lest no man should boast. See, we can't earn it, we can't gain it, we can't work for it, we can't be good enough. You know, there are a lot of religions out there today that tell you, if you're just good, God will give you your own heaven. If you just do all these nice things for the people around you, God will create a heaven for you and you will be rewarded with this heaven because you are a good person and God will reward you because of that. Now, don't don't misunderstand me here. God will reward us. We all have a a crown of righteousness awaiting for us in eternity. But our goodness isn't good enough. See, if we just see it as our goodness is what gets us there, then we don't have a need for a Savior. And the Bible teaches us something so completely different. The Bible teaches us that through grace, God sent His only beloved Son That whoever might believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And he does that because the wages of sin, the wages of our disobedience, the wages of our brokenness is death. And so a price had to be paid. Something had to be done. And so God did it. He did it for you and I. See, Paul says it bluntly. He says, if you think you can earn it, by just doing some ritual, then there is no value in Jesus. You've just discredited the cross. You've weakened it. You've weakened that all that Jesus did. 
See, in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, it tells us, As it is written, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. That includes me. So if you ever ask me a question, just know I don't understand. <laughs> and the answer is always Jesus. He says, no, no, no one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. I want to ask you, does that kind of hurt your feelings right now to hear that? To see here that the Bible says that no one does good? I want you to think about that for a moment. Because I think as Christians, we want to do good, right? We want to do what is right. We want to help. We want to serve. We want to share. But we have to understand that those are all good things and those are all things that we should move towards. But we have to also understand that's not our means of salvation. See, salvation comes through faith, and in that faith, it moves us to good works, not the other way around. See, it changes us. It moves us to something different. See, there's only one way to salvation, and Jesus says it himself. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And he says, absolutely no one, no one comes to the Father except through me. Well, the second thing that Paul really stresses here in these few verses is that if you are to try and keep one law, then you have to keep them all. See, it's not good enough just to do one or two things good. It's not good enough just to not kill. If you want to choose just one law, it's not good enough. You have to keep them all. How many of you guys know how many this is rhetorical. I want you to think, how many laws are in the Old Testament? A lot. <laughs> That's the best way to say it, a lot. <laughs> so if you keep one of them, you have to keep all of them. There's a lot of laws in there. There's a lot of rules. There's a lot of things that God wants us to do. See, and Paul is saying that if you keep one, then you have to keep them all. It's that simple. If you're going to live by the law, then you have to live by them all. You can't pick and choose. You have to follow each and every one and not deviate from any one of them. That would take quite the man to be able to do that, wouldn't it? I know I couldn't do it. See, and the reason why I can't do it is because I'm not perfect. As much as I would want to try to be or as much as I would like to be, I'm not perfect. And I don't know if you got the, the memo or the email that we sent out this week, but uh, I'll just kind of tell you, and I say this in love and in truth, you're not perfect either. <laughs> Sorry to tell you. Yeah, darn it, right? As much as we think we are, we're not. See, I, I, I'm the most broken person that I know. Honestly, I, I'm the most imperfect person that I know. And I, I don't say that to, to just discredit myself, but I say that to be honest with myself. I say that to, to have the understanding that, that I need a Savior. I need to be redeemed. I need to be saved. And if I think otherwise, then why do I need Jesus? Why do I need the cross? 
Or I know and I understand that, that I do need Jesus because I am broken. And Paul wants us to understand something here is that, that because of Jesus, because of what Jesus Christ did for us, we are made righteous. Well, the last thing he kind of emphasizes here in these few verses is that, that to live by the law removes the grace that God wants to give you. How many of you guys like grace? <laughs> I know I do, goodness. Every time I stand up here on Sunday mornings, I pray that you'll show me grace. <laughs> Not because I want to please you, but because I want to please God. <laughs> so if I want to please God, that means I have to say some truths. And sometimes you guys don't like those truths. And so, see, there's God calling right now. <laughs> Just kidding, that's okay. A side note, I saw the funniest meme this morning, and this is for you guys that carry your phones like I do, but there's an app that has an amen, amen meme, you know, an amen uh, ringtone, excuse me, and uh, so if you want to get that, that way, if your phone goes off in church, it just says, amen, amen, <laughs> amen, preacher, amen. I got to find that, I'm telling you. I don't know if you're like me or not, but anyways, back to the point here. <laughs> Awesome. Well, verse 4, Paul makes this powerful statement. Galatians chapter 5, verse 4. Listen to this, what he says here. He says, you are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. That's a powerful statement. I got to imagine when Paul said that to, to, to the church, he was impassioned. He, he was proclaiming the truth of the gospel. He, he was saying, hey, look, guys, it's all about God's grace. You need it. I need it. If you live by the law, then you're moving away. You're, you're eliminating the beauty of, of God's grace for your life. I got to imagine there was some emotion behind that. See, because I, I know that, that I can't, I can't live without God's grace in my life. I am so dependent on it. It's what gives me hope each and every day. It moves me to live my life each and every day. See, His grace should be sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Well, the next thing that, that we see here, how we apply this to our lives, is that we should trust in God's way alone. I know that sounds simplistic in the sentence, but I think it's something that's so important for our lives that, that we should trust in God's way alone. In verses 5 and 6, Paul says, For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves are eagerly waiting for the hope of righteousness. He says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. See, Paul is telling us, trust in God's way alone. See, even as God set forth the law, he did so with the intent to redeem us through our faith. 
See, the law shows us the way to live, but it doesn't justify us. It doesn't bring us to a place of justification. It doesn't make us right before God. See, Jesus Christ did what we could never do by paying the penalty on our behalf. See, God's righteousness is counted to you and I when we put our faith in the one who overcame sin and death. You are made right before God because God used his son to make you right. I want to ask you, do you believe that this morning? Do you hold on to that? See, that, that's simply the beauty of God's grace for you and I. And because of God's grace, we should only do it his way. We should put our trust in God alone. See, ultimately, circumcision is no different than having our appendix removed. It really doesn't make a difference. It really doesn't make a difference. But our faith in Jesus Christ, our trust in God, is what will make all of the difference. See, God used Jesus to open that door for you and I. See, he's the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Those are three things that Jesus says he is. Three things that you and I should seek to better understand. What does he mean when he says, I am the way? Well, I think he clarifies that. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. So if you want eternal life, if you want to be in the presence, if you want to know God, if you want to see God, then come to me. Then he says, I am the truth. And I think he's telling us, hey, my way is what should lead the way. My way is the truth. You can have your truth, but just because you say it so doesn't mean it is. He says, look at my word, hear my voice, and I will show you the truth. Then he says, I am the life. And for all of us as believers, as children, that should be something that just leaves us in awe. Because I don't know about you, but every now and then, I have moments where I'll even wake up in the middle of the night and I'll I'll think about life. I don't know if it's because I'm 32 now or what it is, you know. And when you get older, you start to struggle with those kind of things. But I'll I'll wake up, and I'm just being sincere with you here. I'll wake up in the middle of the night, and I'll just start thinking about life. You know, and I'll I'll seem to feel in moments a a little anxious in those just times and just kind of sitting there and thinking, this is my life. Nobody else sees what I see. Nobody else experiences what I'm going to experience or have experienced. Only I can see through Floyd. And I I think about my faith. And I think about what God has given me and what God has done for me. And I'm reminded that God didn't just create me to do some of the things that I think I should do. But God created me to do all the things that he needs me to do. And part of that is the reason why he gives us life. See, God has given you life. Jesus is life. He's eternal life. 
And it's simply that you and I, we put our faith in Jesus Christ. He has opened the door. He even says, I stand at the door and knock. He says, I am here. I am waiting. I come to you. See, Jesus loves us so much that he justified us. He made us right so that we can go into the presence of God. I want to ask you this morning, the door is open. Will you walk through it? Well, by the power of God's spirit, by, by putting your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ, will you walk through it? I want you to see what Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 8. He says, The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, that's you and I, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. That's you and I. To catch that, for seeing, for knowledge, that God would justify you and I by faith, preach the gospel. This is the scriptures, this is the word of God. Preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham. He set it into motion, he accomplished it, and that's why Jesus said, It is finished. Amen? See, God justified us through Jesus Christ. The question I want to kind of touch on for us to kind of go away as we chew on some of these verses, and I'd encourage you to read all of chapter 5 and even 6 going into next weekend. What does this mean for you and I? What does it mean for us? See, I believe that, that it means that we should have faith, that we should trust God, and we should walk in the power of God. See, this chapter, it ends and closes with this great reminder in verses 16 through 18. Paul says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposite to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You have been justified. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your love and your grace. Father, thank you for calling us to freedom. Father, thank you for freeing us from the yoke that holds us so tightly, that just leaves us in bondage. Father, that, that's the idea behind the understanding that we have been redeemed by what Christ did for us. See, Christ died on a cross with the intent and knowledge that we were slaves to our sin to intentionally free us from that sin but there was a price there was something that had to be done and so father this morning we acknowledge and we give you praise and we give you thanks for paying that price for us for sending your son on our behalf 
Father, we thank you so much for your love and your grace. And Father, I pray that, that at each and every one of us, as we move away from our old life, as we move into this new life, as new creations, Father, that we wouldn't look back, that we wouldn't turn back to the things of old, but Father, we would focus in on today. Father, because I truly believe that, that the greatest day that you've given us is today. Because today is to be used for your salvation. Today is to be celebrated because of your salvation. Today is truly the day of salvation. Father, and today I pray that we would live for you, that we would walk in step with your spirit. Father, that we would be led by your spirit, that we would walk in freedom, knowing that you've created this freedom for us. Father, that you might call us children, your family, your body, your people. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your love and your grace. And I pray that you would guide us every step of the way. Lord, we come to you and we do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.